When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climber, I'm sure you hear a lot about the importance of making the move to Nashville, New York, or LA if you want to make it as a songwriter. And while that is a big help, there are advantages to not living in a major music city. And today we're going to reveal a few of them. So if you're an out-of-towner, this episode is definitely for you. Johnny, do that thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need to get ahead. That's the secret sauce, guys. You get to do it for yourself. You don't need anybody's permission. You can make your own music now. You can market your own music. You can build your own audience. And then they'll come to you. The bigger your audience, the more engaged, the more streams you have, the more songs you got written the more attractive you're going to be, the more leverage you're going to have. That's why we called it The Climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. Isn't that clever? There's a fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> That's a bachelor who, from my very clever and not stupid co-host, <laughs> who also happens to be a hit songwriter, Mr. Brent Baxter, with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. And he has a couple number ones in Southern Gospel in the last couple of years, top 10 in Australia. What are you charting in Texas these days? Well, I'm writing with some Texas folks, so I haven't had anything chart in Texas in a little while. I do have a top 20 in the uh, Southern Gospel charts at the moment, and some faith country charts are coming out that I have a couple in and some different stuff. So, Still making miracles happen, baby. But you know what I love? I love This is what I love about Brent, aside from the fact that he's just a damn good human and a model American. He has also <laughs> he also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he gets you in touch with the pros. He helps you create relationships so that you can take the next step. And, and a lot of relationships have been created. This isn't a hustle, man. Happens all the time. Mm -hmm. If you got the goods, he's got the place for you to go. So you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny, he does his homework. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs. Just to name a few, you can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? How's it going, buddy? Man, it's going well. I'm excited for my next trip into Nashville and because I don't currently live in Nashville, which brought me to today's topic. So, yeah. Well, I, love the, I love the thing. In this. And by the way, I mean, as far as other quote-unquote music cities are concerned, like I have so many friends. I think all my friends that have lived in other music cities that aren't Nashville, mm -hmm. i.e. New York and L.A., now live in Nashville. So <laughs> if you're thinking about moving to L.A. or moving to New York, you better have a very specific reason, I think. Why L.A. or why New York? Otherwise, Yeah, like, like you got a gig hooked up and that's the reason to do it. Because otherwise, if it's music that you want to do, I feel like you're taking the long way around to get back to Nashville because that's where everybody's coming yeah like avoid the middleman just go ahead and move to skip a step move to nashville so many of the metal guys live out here you know now and i mean i mean yeah dude it's crazy michael wagner i was just hanging out with michael wagner nice we went to lunch a couple of weeks ago dude and just got caught up on everything and God, i love that guy he's just such a good soul you know yeah and i mean he he's retired now he sold everything off but mm -hmm. he he had I mean, he was in Nashville. Yeah, that's crazy. Like since 96, he was in Nashville or 98. <laughs> or like yeah. So he got out. Like it, it just, I guess it's just, I think there's just more happening here than there. Cause I was, oh, for sure. A lot more film, 
a lot more film TV work, sync stuff yeah, coming yeah. out of here, you know, rock. Yeah. I mean, I still think, I still think LA is probably going to be a better place for film. There's going to be more connections there. If it's like, yeah, if you're into film, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, but it's, you know what way, I think one of the big reasons is way less expensive to live here than it is in New York or in LA. And it seems to be a little less chaotic. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today is some advantages of not living specifically in Nashville, but it really, a lot of this applies to New York and LA as well. So I'm excited to dive into that. But first we have some other stuff, right? Yeah, we got to take care of some business. Let's uh, make sure you join the climb community here on Facebook. That is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in Mm -hmm. as long as you don't look like a bot or a hooker. And by looking like a hooker, I don't mean like how you look personally. This isn't a judgment on you. (laughs) It is like how your account looks, you know? Yeah. If account was just opened up a couple weeks ago and there's two pictures on there and and a link to come see you, you're not going to get into the climb. You're going to be declined. So, and if, again, if you're the one person out of a million that just friggin' got on Facebook, okay, and opened up Mm -hmm. an account, or, I mean, I had the very real situation of having to open up a new account because I was locked out of my old one because of a bug, two-factor authentication bug for like five months. I'm back in my old one, but if that happens, you should DM me yeah. and let me know, like, hey, this looks bad, but I'm legit. I want to be in here. Yes. Because I'm a songwriter and I want to be part of the community. I mean, listen, if you're a songwriter, if you're an artist, if you're an indie musician, like, we want you in there. Bottom line, mm-hmm. we just need to know that it's legit and you're not going to come in and try to sell siding or carpeting or putty or right. what are some of the other crap they've tried to sell? I don't know. For some reason, a lot of like cleaning services. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, you know what? We're, we're just we're protective of our community and just mm-hmm. understand that and you'll learn to love it. And so if you have a sort of a fringe looking account or something like that, let me know. And no questions asked. I'll get you in. Okay. Yep. Just the fact that you went out of your way to do this means you listen to the podcast, which is All right. what we want in there. So we want to hear about your music, we, your new music. When you're dropping it, you put that in a comment on Monday. We want to hear about your gigs. You can put that in a comment on a post that happens every Thursday. And we want to hear about the wins, which you can put in on a comment to a post that happens on every Wednesday called New Heights. We call it Wednesday Wins. I don't know why we have two names. I, I feel like I like Wednesday Wins better. But Well, too bad because I made the graphic years ago and I don't feel like changing it now. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So let's uh, change some of those. I got to win right away. Yeah. I got to win to start this off. But this is just kind of a, a random thing. But So my offices, for people who aren't familiar with Nashville, are on the top floor of a sort of legendary kind of venue, very, very small, old venue, but it's kind of a legendary venue in Nashville called The Basement, right? Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of big, big artists that have gone through The Basement, new faces every Tuesday, and, you know, it's a small little place, so it's great for industry stuff and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 and it's got a funky sort of little setup, like you can only get to The Basement from the back in the alley right that's and there's a parking lot back there which is pretty cool i think maybe it fits like 15 cars this is germane to the to the message i'm going to deliver here okay but and then there's a front door but it's like you can't get to the basement from the front that's only the offices right right so grimy mike grimes who owns basically it's a mullet of a building yeah yeah party in the back business in the front front. (laughs) i never thought about it that way (laughs) But so Grimey, Mike Grimes owns the basement. He also owns the basement East. Those are two very iconic venues and he's owned them forever. Now, Grimey also owned Grimey's, which was a record store that still exists today, but it used to be on the first floor of the same building. And then they outgrew it and they moved to a place up in Northern Nashville, but the basement's still there. So this was like, so this is like talking about like what you have, like, like how can you be of service? How can you, Mm -hmm. so a couple of years ago, Janelle turned me on to this like incredible band. If you haven't heard them, by the way, you guys called the Nicotine Dolls, right? Rock band. Yeah. The guy Sam is just this incredible vocalist, man. He's just amazing. And Janelle was like turned on to him before they went on America's Got Talent. And he went on America's Got Talent mm. and they kind of got some momentum going and everything like that. Well, 
I noticed that they were coming through. They were out on their first tour. They were starting their very first tour ever, opening up for Mark Broussard. Yeah. And they had like four dates that they were going to headline at in various markets at small little clubs. And I noticed one of them was Nashville. They were coming to the basement. I was like, holy crap. So I bought tickets right away yeah. because I thought it would sell out. And I think it did. But, you know, because I want to take Janelle, I'm like, hey, they're coming. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, you know, we're up on the third floor. The basement is very small, y'all. It's, it's maybe, I think the actual capacity is about 150 people, but that's because they have this sort of outdoor smoking area that mm -hmm. you can go to. So I yeah. think, you know, it's small enough that with like 50, 60, 70 people inside, it's a scene. It's, it's, a, it's happening. Yeah. So there's no dressing room in there. And my, uh, there's a staircase, a fire staircase mm -hmm. that goes, and it's not like the kind you got to pull down or whatever. You can just walk out. Yeah. It goes up to the third floor and we've got my offices up there, but we also have a writing room up there. So I told Janelle, I said, DM the nicotine dolls and let them know if they want to use that room mm -hmm. as a dressing room or a green room. Mm -hmm. They don't know about the basement. Let them know if there's no dressing room. And, you know, we're in the business. You're welcome to use this if you want to. Yeah. And they ended up doing that. What a great way to meet people, right? To be able to do that. Yeah, providing service and yeah. Yeah. And so I did it one time and it kind of turned into a thing. I did it the second time with Adam Schoenfeld. Mm -hmm. Him and his wife, Katie Cook, have a group, like a duet together, duo thing that they do. And they were playing the band and said, hey, man, if you want to use that as a dressing room, you know, you're welcome to. He's like, thanks, man. And he did it. Yeah. And then- it kind of caught on. So Grimey calls me one time, like, I don't know, maybe five months ago now. And there was a label thing that was happening there. Okay. And he's like, Hey, can we use that room as a, you know, we got an Arista artist coming in doing a showcase thing here and wondering if we could use that room. And I'm like, of course, bro. Yeah. And, and Grimey hooks me up, man. I've shot videos in his place. You know what I mean? We yeah. have a very, very simpatico relationship. I love that guy. He's just all about music. I love him. And so this brings me to my win. Okay. So every Friday during the spring and during the fall, Grimey has like friggin' live shows in the parking lot, right? So it's regular for me to get a text where he's like, hey, man, can you tell your staff not to park in the parking lot because it's Friday and we got live shows going on? Yeah. But Americana week this week, okay. right? So, so Monday I get the text, hey, we've got live shows going on for Americana week there on Wednesday and Thursday. Can you tell your staff not to park in the parking lot? I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And then... Tuesday, he texts me and he's like, hey, man, he calls me. He calls me on Tuesday. He's like, hey, man, can we use your your room as a, a green room again? And uh, he goes, dude, I got Lainey Wilson. Ah. She's going to come in and sing with this one band. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. So yeah. because for her, like if you if you've been to the basement, you understand like there's like, again, there's only one way into the back and it's through the alleyway and through this parking lot, which is going to be full of people. So security wise, yeah, be a nightmare to get her in and out of there. But yeah. if they use my room, they come in through the front. She can hang out up there, yeah. walk down the stairs, really walk right appear on stage, in the back. Yeah. appear in the back and then disappear out there. And, and, and that's, that's what we did. So I got to tell Janelle, I'm like, Hey, who loves you? Who's your daddy? <laughs> she's like, what do you want? I'm like, no, this is for you. That's what I'm going to do for you. Like you're going to meet Lainey Wilson tomorrow. You know, she's like, Oh my God, like I love it. Yeah. And so, and TJ who writes with her all the time and yeah, Joe box, Jerry Joe box. She doesn't, I mean, she's a writer, right? She doesn't keep up with every single step that's happening on her show schedule or whatever. So TJ is always like, every time she performs and it's somewhere close, I got to find out about it until later, you know? And so yeah. Janelle reached out to TJ like, hey, she's going to do this thing here. You want to come hang out? She's like, hell yeah. So she came over and hung out, which is cool. And that, you know, but then we were kind of in crowd with her and, and it yeah. just made it because she, I mean, she was, they were very so grateful for us to let us use the room. And I'm like, are yeah. you kidding me? This is fantastic. So anyway, super fun nice. to hang and, and see with her. And she just went out and sang one song with this band, I guess that toured with her. Mm -hmm. Oh, I keep forgetting this dude's name too. I'm, I'm going to hell. I can't remember the artist's name, but they were a fantastic Americana band, like really. Yeah. And they toured with her, I guess at one point. So cool. she went down and sang one song with them in and out, but super fun that, uh, you know, have her come through there. It's kind of neat. Well, that's a great story of a win that happens from living in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> totally uses everything I'm going to say the rest of the episode, but thank you. No, I'm just kidding. But that's smart. And what you're doing is you're using what's available to provide value to people. And then that's 
it just raises your profile. You get to meet people. And, and how is that going to, for one thing, it comes back in just the warm fuzzies. Like you get to help out Adam, who's, you know, he was just on song title challenge, friend of the show. Yep. I've worked with him before in the past. And, and so it just builds that relationship and deepens your relationship. Cause you get to offer something up to Terry Joe. You already know her, which I can't, we've been working on getting her on the show forever, but you know, just it, everybody. I, I need to put the hammer down on her. Yeah, Everybody's her. better off from this. Right. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing about that. So uh, Gil is the guy, the booker mm-hmm. for the basement and for the basement East. Mm-hmm. And I have, I've texted uh, Gil. I have emailed Gil on different things. I'm trying to get banned. So we have like an email relationship. I've never met Gil. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so yesterday I met Gil and I mean, he was, he's just so sweet. He came up before she showed up mm-hmm. and actually, I mean, I'm working, we're busy working and, he popped his head and he's like, Hey, Hey, I'm Gil. I just want to say thank you so much for letting us use this room. That's really cool. And I just assumed I heard Gil, but it didn't register that it was the basement Gil. And I thought he was from Laney's team from the label or something. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole event happens. And then afterwards he came up and said, Hey man, I just want to thank you again. Like that was really cool. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I said, what's your name again? He's like, Gil. I'm like, Gil. Oh wait, you're Gil from the basement. You're not one of these. He's like, yes. I'm like, Oh, we finally get to, you know what I mean? So great dude. Cause he's, those are two kick ass venues. Yeah. And what a great relationship to have. So I was excited about that. Like I want to be closer to Gil, you know, I want to be as close to Gil as I am to Grimey. You know? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. doesn't hurt. All right. So new heights. So it's where every, what, every Wednesday we post this is where we encourage you to share your wins with us. Um, if you're in the community already, you probably see, cause I've started trying to tag everybody in that post so you can see it. Cause we want you to share your wins. So we encourage that. We want to hear from you. So this first one here, we'll just do one or two quick ones. But this first one here is is super special to me because my buddy Todd Dickinson, I think it's the first time he's posted a win on here. He's had other wins. It's the first one he's posted. And Todd, buddy, if you're listening, I've really appreciated him because times I've been kind of in the wilderness feeling like hanging on to the music business by just a thread. He was always a believer in me and encouraging me. And so he's been a good buddy. And so I'm happy to share this win for him. He said, had my first number one last week and it stayed number one for a second week. What? Yeah, so this, he wrote a song with another climber, Kevin Rowe, who also posted about this song in New Heights. It's a song called, uh, let's see, I'm just going to pull it up here. The artist is Hurricane Highway. They're like an Irish country band. Okay. And so it's number one on the hot disc British and Irish Irish top 10. And it's called Between a Father and a Son. So Kevin wrote it with Todd. Todd wrote it with Kevin, whatever. And Hurricane Highway cut it. It's been number one for two weeks on that. It's Todd's first number one. But man, I'm just, I'm so pumped for Todd getting that first number one. That's a, that's a huge thing for him. And he's super pumped about it. Hell yeah. Rightfully so. So congrats, Todd. And they're two climbers. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. Like, I'm so proud. I'm just so proud. Yeah. We got climbers getting number ones. That's the kind of, that's how deep our gene pool is, people. <laughs> that's right. So the other one is Kevin Rowe posted biggest week for me ever with three songs charting on four different charts across two continents and two island countries with three different co-writers. So he got stuff going. He's not even naming them. So one of them is the one with Todd on Hurricane Highway between a father and a son. That's number one. And then he's got some other stuff charting as well. So I know Kevin's had like a number one with Ben Gunn in Australia. That was a few years ago. That was before I started riding with Ben a little bit. And so he's, he's just getting stuff done, man. And so congrats, Kevin. Congrats, Todd. And everybody else who posted wins. Keep on climbing. Absolutely. And guys, listen, make sure you join the climb community. Like we said, make sure you follow the podcast. I don't think you can subscribe to it anymore, but follow the podcast and tell a friend about it. That's the big thing. I mean, listen, clearly just listening to this podcast increases your chances of a number one. I think we can say that. I think. Oh, well, we can say whatever we want. So yeah, (laughs) we can say that. Sure thing. It surely puts you into a group of people that have number ones. Uh, exactly. I can say that. That's, that's true. Proximity. So, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about what happens when you don't move to Nashville. What are the what are the benefits here? Yes. Well, one of the things you should do is you should visit on October twenty third. We have the climb takeover at 
Live Oak on Demumbering Hill in Nashville. So we're hosting our first writer's night. Basically, we're just taking over a normal writer's night at Live Oak. And so we have some hit writers on there, some climbers on there. Sunday Joe Graham's climber going to be on there. Chelsea Stallings, OG climber going to be on there. And some other folks as well. We got uh, Bill O'Hanlon, I think, going to join us. And, and then as well as... You know, so we got future hit writers. We have hit writers uh, that have songs on the radio. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be, there's a band from six to seven, and then our stuff starts from seven to 11 at Live Oak. Johnny and I are going to be there. You can meet the, uh, the much talked about Janelle. I'm sure she will be there meeting everybody in the room. Oh, yeah. And uh, just, just look for me. I'll probably have my right hat on, and we want to meet y'all. So there you go. All right. So, yes, advantages of not living in Nashville. And this is, you know, it's a huge topic of conversation. People are talking about all the time. Should I move? Should I not move? I can't move. Does this mean I'm out of the running? That means I'm disqualified. And the short answer is no, it doesn't mean you're disqualified. It's definitely not easier. But, you know, my situation, God moved our family to my wife's hometown, which is several hours from Nashville, um, about five years ago now. And I'm bitter about it. I'm still a little bit bitter about it because I love Nashville. I consider myself a Nashvillian. But this quote that we've said on the podcast before is, what does this make possible, right? Yeah. Instead of looking at the downside, Mm -hmm. you want to look at what does it make possible. If you're stuck living outside of Nashville, then I want you to look at these and say, okay, how can I turn this to my advantage? Now, I still believe you're better off moving to Nashville. In general, as a general rule, you're just better off being where stuff is happening. But even if you can't do that, you still need to have an investment in town. But here are some of the advantages. Okay. So you want to hang on to these and maximize these as much as you can. First thing is you can get out of the music row bubble. You can live among the audience, like not just talk music talk all the time, like talk real talk with people that are living real lives, you know, especially if you're a country writer, we're not singing about music row most of the time, right? We're talking about people in small town America, out in the country, suburb, whatever. So it, it's helpful if you can actually live among the people, right? Yeah. So you you know you're connected with that real life and what's going on and people's family dramas and I mean there's family drama everywhere, but you know this this the small town people getting to know the people that you that work the counter at the gas station or your mechanic and all that that kind of stuff I think is important and because it allows you to like if you go to a show in Nashville most of the time if it's like it's easy to go to showcases yeah, and showcases are like industry people. Mm-hmm. It's a different vibe. Yeah. But if some new up and coming act is coming to the casino in your area, downstream casino or whatever, and you go see that you're just there with fans Yep, and it's a different vibe and you can see, okay, what is this show like? What are the fans digging? What are they all about? Cause I want to write songs that are going to get a reaction from fans. And so one thing it makes possible is a little bit easier maybe to go see shows in smaller venues where you can interact with the fans and see what's working, see artists on their way up, that sort of thing. So I think that's important. And it reminds me of this conversation I had with my buddy, Aaron Goodman, who's a successful Canadian artist. And hopefully, you know, he's getting some stuff cooking here in the U S known Aaron forever. He's a great performer, great singer, great songwriter. And this is a few years ago we were writing and, you know, he's on the road a bunch and I'm on the row a bunch. You know, he's on the road. I'm on the row. I'm in these writers' rooms writing songs, and he's on stage just singing them when he's not writing. And I was just asking him like how that has affected his songwriting, being on stage and being an artist, being out there with the people. He's like, oh, it for sure changes my songwriting because I see what people actually like. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're on the row every day, it's easy to start writing for the row. And kind of get in this music row bubble where you're trying to impress the other writer in the room. You just want to impress some publishers or, you know, your snobby songwriter friends. And so you you, you can easily dive, kind of divert from just, what do the fans want to hear? Because Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, Luke Bryan, Keith, they're very dialed into, what do my fans want to hear? Mm-hmm. It's easy if you're in the bubble to start thinking about, other things, you know, you just kind of get, a, you can get a little, divorced it can be that. a little rose colored glasses lens to look through. Yeah. Perfect. Or just a little disconnected from like the people. Right. And so Aaron said it really helps him because he goes, I goes, I can just play like achy break your heart five times in a row and people are happy and people want to sing along and, and seeing that from the artist's point of view, like how much the fan just wants to sing along. He goes, I'll play a brand new song. And I tell them it's a brand new song. No one's ever heard this. 
And I don't care. They're trying to sing along with it because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've never heard yeah. it before because they wanted to sing along. And that changed my writing to think so much more about, okay, fans want it. Let's give them something they can sing along with. Maybe it's not these bluebird songs. Maybe it's this thing about, hey, let's write what people can sing along with. And you can see that even if you're not a performer, if you go to shows where like real people are and not industry people standing back with their arms folded in the back of the room, casting judgment and trying to figure out if they can make money off this person on stage Mm -hmm. or if they should connect with them. But if you're just fans and you're seeing, wow, they just, they're singing along to everything. Maybe I should write stuff that they can sing along with. So that's one way to get out of that Nashville bubble, which is an advantage if you live outside of town, you're less likely to get sucked into that bubble. So that's one thing. Ready for number two? I'm ready for number. Well, and, well let me add, let me add to number one real quick. You had that look that like you had something. So yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, it occurs to me because I've heard like several stories in the last couple. I, I hear them all the time. You hear them all the time. We all hear them all the time. But I just can think of a couple in the last couple of weeks where there's just some situation that you're hearing about, and you're like. You can't write this stuff. You know what I mean? You can't write this. Like real life, right? Like you can't create this. This is so crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Or so funny or so, it's just so amazing. It's it's just incredible, right? Like whether it's incredibly sad or incredibly funny or incredibly, you know, whatever. But man, when you're in that small town, you have relationships with those people. Yeah. And you can have those conversations and start those conversations, just learn about them Mm -hmm. and get inspired about like, wow, that would be just a great song idea. Yeah. And what a way to go. What a way to to do it. So I think, yeah, like being closer to them. But, you know, if you come to Nashville, bigger city, Mm -hmm. everybody's a little more guarded. You don't have those relationships, but in your town you do. And you can go talk to Joe, the mechanic, take them off for coffee and, and get some scoop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and find something like crazy to write about because it's a, it's a wild story and they're going to fly around more than you're going to get m- more access to those stories Yeah. with the outside of church. It's gossip inside of church. It's called the prayer circle, right? Yeah, exactly. and, yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's all gossip. <laughs> yeah. Because when you get, if you move to Nashville and rightfully so, and understandably so most of your friends are going to end up being music people. Yeah. Like as you climb that ladder and especially if you get into a pro, it's like, I mean, my friends were like music row people and some people from church and that was it. So everything, it's just a different world that people are dealing with. Like most people don't have just like jobs (laughs) and whatever. They're just living different lives. So if you can get out of that bubble, it allows you to be out of that bubble and just to be around the people that whose lives you're writing about. I mean, Think about the last the the last episode you had where right? wasn't that hit song breakdown? Yeah, with Maddie and Tay. Yeah, yeah. So the Maddie and Tay song, right? That's a story, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's a story you could hear from the girl serving you coffee at yeah. Starbucks in your small town, and you're like, oh wow, that is a great angle. Like, what a great way to what a breakup story. That's a celebration of your best friend. Yeah, in Harding all at the same time. Just such a clever angle. And mm. yeah, that's where you get that different stuff. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it can be good to be disconnected because then you're not writing the homogenized meatball across the freaking home plate. Yeah, You're writing some different stuff that if it's well and well done, that's you, you're going to get that better chance of getting the outside cut because it's so good. And you're living real life with the people that are living the lives that we're supposed to be writing about. Yeah. You know, I can, no one really wants to hear about a song about me going in and writing songs. Yeah. And my buddies that are on buses or whatever, you know, it's like, no, you want to hear about my neighbors that are school teachers and or the retired guy or whatever, you know, like that's the real stuff. That's the more the people we write about. So it's important. It helps you stay out of the bubble and in the real world that we're trying all trying to write about and all trying to connect to. Yeah. Another thing when you live out of town is when you do make trips into Nashville, co-writers are less likely to cancel because <laughs> they know that you're coming in. And so they're going to make that extra effort to be there. Like, oh, man, Brent's coming in. Let me cancel the other thing instead of his thing because he, he's coming all this way. So, I mean, this is assuming that you're still making trips to Nashville. Like, you still need to be making trips. You need to be investing. Our friend Scott Sean White, you know, he lives in Poetry, Texas, which is a great name. Mm -hmm. But he's still coming up like once a, like every other week or something. Like, he spends a lot of time here, which is the most I've heard about somebody being here or being in Nashville that doesn't live there. And saw him last night. 
Yeah, he's there all the time. He operates like he lives there. Yeah. I mean, he's there more than a lot of artists who live there. You wouldn't know. As much as you run into him, If unless you knew he lived in Poetry, Texas, you wouldn't know that he lives in Poetry, Texas. You wouldn't. Right. And that's a nine-hour drive, y'all. And he drives. Pretty sure he drives. Yeah, yeah, he drives. So that's a thing. And then, you know, there are other people that do that, too. They invest. They come in on a regular basis. They invest. So this is assuming you're making trips because you need to be investing. And so when you do make those trips, they can be more efficient and effective because, I mean, people are pretty bad about canceling. Hopefully, when you get up, you climb in the ladder, it's because like, oh, I got a chance to go on the road with Florida, you know, with whatever, whoever the artist is, you know, I got to go do this thing. Okay, so it's more of a high class cancellation than I got called into work or I'm just hung over or I don't whatever, you know, just so it just kind of happens. But when you're coming in, people are going to make that extra effort to not cancel on you because they know you're coming in. And so you're cancellation rate hopefully gets lower. So that's that's one little thing. Yeah. But the other thing is when you make a trip, you could be a hundred percent like prepped and focused and rock and roll 24 seven. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm going to have that conversation with my wife and with, uh, I think actually with Todd Dickinson years ago before the move going, yeah, I remember Todd saying, you'll probably get more done like just making trips in than you will if you live there because I got five kids. Like I need to be home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I go to the freak show or rounds more now visiting than I probably would if I lived in Nashville. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Because I got nowhere else to be. Yeah. What do I do? Go to Johnny's house, pet his dog, go to sleep? No, that's not why I came to town. Johnny's dog pets you. Yeah, he does. (laughs) That's a big dog. He could probably do whatever he wanted to to me. Make me lock the door at night. So (laughs) big dogs. But that's the other thing, too. It's like rock and roll 24-7. It's like, I'm here. It's a sprint. I am booking as many rights during the day as I can and going out at night as much as I can, doing coffee meetings in the morning. I used to have that thing, which I'll address in a later point here, that you know you can do that with your family in Nashville, but you may not have that family forever. <laughs> you know, So you got to pump the brakes every now and again. But if you're making a trip in, what else you got to do? Go back to the hotel room? Yeah. Like, that's not where you're making money. And, and to your credit, like, you're so good at packing everything full. Like, your last trip, mm-hmm. you were borrowing, like, your family member's car. You flew in. You are borrowing your family member's car from Murfreesboro. Yeah. And your right ran late. And you, like, we're going to miss your flight. So, like, literally. I was worried. Traffic was bad. You couldn't drive down. You didn't get down to Murfreesboro, did you? Didn't you just leave the park? I had, I didn't quite make it to their house. I made it from like seven or eight minutes from their house. And then we just met there. I met the Uber and my brother-in-law to meet me in the parking lot of the Kroger. Wow. And we all got there at the same time. So I'm like, here's the keys. Tossed the keys to him, threw my bag in the Uber and headed back to the airport. Wow. And thankfully it worked out fine. But yeah, packing it in and trying to do coffee meetings. Our friend Tracy Hitz, who you kindly introduced me to in Denmark last year, she'll and I go have a coffee or have a coffee with a publisher to start the day because everyone seems to want to start at like 11 o'clock these days for rights, which I don't understand. But it gives me time to do meetings in the morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you do that, then maybe do an afternoon write or, and then a show or something. And just pat, it's like, I'll sleep when I get back home, which is a lie because I don't sleep when I get ha- back home because I have five kids. Yeah. But it's okay. I'm still 24-7 when I'm there. Yeah. And it allows you to do that. And that is an advantage. And also, I'm prepping. So, you know, I write a lot more when I'm in town than when I'm out of town. I still do Zoom writes and everything when I'm out of town. But I have more time to prep for those writes when I'm in town and for my other Zoom writes. And so, it's easy to get sucked into writing every day, twice a day, whatever. Just depending on your job situation or whatever. But I'm full-time music. But I still don't write twice a day or whatever. So it gives me time to prep for my rights. Sure. Cause you get in that grinder of writing a co-writer to a day and pretty soon the well kind of like, what you got? I don't have any ideas. What do you got? Well, I show up and I, I got ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go, which I think is part of the reason why people don't want to cancel on me. Cause they know I'm, I've come loaded for bear. I have ideas and they're hopefully good ideas and spot on. Even if we don't always write them, that stuff happens and that's fine too. But I'm prepared. They know I'm prepared. I'm honoring the room I'm about to walk into. And that also makes cancellations a little less likely and just get a higher class song, hopefully out of it because, Hey, I've had more time to, to prep for it because I'm not running around doing that all day, mm-hmm. every day. And I have time to kind of refill the well. 
So that's another thing. One thing you mentioned too about why some people move from New York and LA to Nashville is because it's cheaper. Well, guess what's cheaper than Nashville? Yeah. I don't know, probably somewhere in Missouri or Idaho, right? Yeah. <laughs> or Arkansas. Yeah. That's even cheaper than Nashville. And so I told my wife when we moved, I'm like, okay, what we're saving in mortgage, that's going into like flights. Yeah. Because what we were paying in at the time, Mount Juliet, Lebanon area, we got a definitely we made money on the house and got like a bigger house you know, where we are in this small town and more land around it and all that. And we're still saving on mortgage every month. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And it's small town. We're not in the car all day long. We're not burning all that gas. We're saving on gas. We're saving all this stuff. You have to deal with the 24. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have to deal with I-24. And so it was like, okay. It allowed us to live more cheaply and put money back into like demos and trips and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's something else. It's cheaper, so more money for flights and demos. What is the other thing? Oh, you get access to up-and-comers in your area? Like, I had this happen when I lived in Little Rock. Aaron Enderland was coming back to Conway, Arkansas, which is in central Arkansas as well, just on spring break and summer break. For, she was at MTSU. And so she was a lot easier to connect with because she had, like, no one else around or nothing else going on. So I'm like, hey, I'm a writer. She's like, good. I want to keep writing over summer because she loves to write. And so we were able to connect that way. If they're pros from your area, it may be easier to connect with them when they're in town or you have some sort of commonality going, oh, you're from back home. You know, I'm here, that sort of thing. Or if it's artists that are kind of rising artists in your area, you might be able to connect with them a little more easily because there's not as much competition around to trying to connect with them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a regional act in your area? If you're down in Texas, you might have an advantage connecting with one of those Texas cats than I would because I don't live in Texas or when they're in Nashville, you got everybody there to connect with them. But if you're there, Hey, it might be a little bit easier. I mean, Mm -hmm. Scott Sean White, that's how he ended up getting some Cody Johnson cuts, right? He, he did some stuff down in Texas, songwriter showcase or songwriter competitions, met somebody, they became friends and that somebody was friends with Cody Johnson. Next thing you know, got a Cody Johnson cut. That song gets on the bus and they're like, yeah, let's cut yeah. that. That's that's great. So yeah. I think Cody ended up coming on as a writer. But hey, wow, that was kind of a, a local connection where you are. Yeah. And that stuff can happen in Nashville for sure, and it does. But you can grow where you're planted. There might be things around there where you can meet those people, those artists on their way up and start building a catalog of some cuts. Maybe they blow up, maybe they don't. But you can start building that thing of working with an artist and learning in kind of like an incubator, if you will. Yeah. In a better place, a more forgiving place to make mistakes. For sure. Move forward and make lots of mistakes. Move forward and break things, right? Move fast and break things. And then <laughs> learn. Fast and break things, that's right. Move fast and break things. Yeah. And learn where the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. And then by the time your craft gets to the point where you're in the rooms that you want to be in, you're going to also have all the tools that you need to deal with that artist psychologically and in a writing situation and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if you are an artist as well, a singer, it's easier to make money with music outside of Nashville than it is inside of Nashville because it's economics, right? You have supply and demand. You have a whole lot of supply of people that can sing and play. Yeah. And in Nashville, there's demand, but there's not as much demand as there is supply. So what happens when you're- Nashville is a market to promote artisan is freaking rough yeah i mean it's it's rough Mm -hmm. like i love josh is in arizona i love Mm -hmm. that mackenzie o'brien is in chicago Mm -hmm. you know what i mean she's got a foothold in chicago and she's got relationships in chicago yeah and so we're focusing on chicago with josh we're focusing on the basically the the west Mm -hmm. with josh yeah the four corner states regionally but where we can get his money up and dennis and diana petty his managers have taken him from 600 night act to i think he's i guess i've said this before solid average of probably 1800 bucks Mm -hmm. a night now yeah is his average you know they still got some dates that are of lower money that they were promised a year ago kind of thing that so there's they're filtering those out but, you know, we're getting in the A-rooms now. Those A-rooms are building up. It's getting better. So, yeah, like where you can make a living mm-hmm. actually being an artist if you're an artist. Yeah. 
and you can do that if you want to do that. And it's a little more, it's a little less, it's a lot less luck and a lot more intelligence mm. and business acumen, yeah. you know, of like, you know, to, you were talking about Aaron Goodman, you know, like, okay, like, what do they want to hear? Like, you know, being, being in attendance at your own damn shows and paying attention to what they like mm-hmm. and then trying to craft your show to deliver that amazing experience. And then, you know, you start to get that down, you're going to get better gigs. And then you just got to know business acumen when it's time to ask for more money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to make you money. A cash flow in business. That, that's Matt Rogers. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. there's so many artists like that that are just touring regularly. That's Josh that, mm-hmm. that have, you know, are they rich? No. Are they making a living? Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to and do. This is all they do. That's hard to do in Nashville, like on lower broad. Yeah. It's hard to do. I well, mean, you can do it on well, it's easy to do on lower broad, but yeah. you're not really you're not really getting anywhere as an artist, I don't think. I think I think the way I look at lower broad is depends on the lower broad you're talking about what time of day and have you worked yourself into those Anthony Oreo. Well, I mean, even even if even in the best spots, like so. Here's what I love, Lower Broadway. Because let's talk about this a little bit, if we can. Because because there's a stigma about Lower Broadway. There's a lot of artists that you're not uh, big, big, big names that have come through Mm -hmm. Lower Broad, you know, Broadway, right? Where all the honky tonks are, and a musician down there and a singer down there can easily make fifty, sixty, seventy grand a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like if you're working, you know, if you're, if you're taking it seriously, yeah. if you're working, you can work, if you can work as much as you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to, you can be doing, especially if you're not a singer, like if you're, if you're a musician, you can be mm-hmm. doing doubles and triples and make a living. And I liken it to like strippers, you know, that's hard for strippers to get off the pole, right? Because there's so, so much money they can't afford or don't want to afford to take the step back to take three steps forward yeah. or whatever. And so they stay on the pole. Well, it's like that. It can be like that. And so people, the stigma is that you get stuck on Broadway, but only the people who want to get stuck on Broadway get stuck on Broadway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when you want to get that first tour and it's not going to pay you close to what you would make for that month working mm-hmm. on Broadway. So you turn it down and, yeah. and that could be the tour that elevates you to get you from Broadway to a nationally touring musician. Mm-hmm. So there, those are decisions you have to basically decide to invest in yourself and say, I'm going to take this less money and go do this yeah. and make it happen. And it has to be a decision, but man, it's like the way Hamburg was for the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. It's a grind that you can go. When we, when we took lost highway from, Florida and put them on Broadway and they had been playing for years down in Florida. Okay. And they had a following down in Florida and we put them on Broadway and in four months they were light years ahead of where they were because it's a grind. Yeah. You get the rest. So that I like about it. Like, it's like, you're going to learn how to be professional. You're going to learn how to, you know, because it's not like every other weekend or every weekend it's like, Either you might be like from the six o'clock gig to the 10 o'clock gig, you're going to start making adjustments. You know, it's like skiing. If you ever skied, like it's hard to learn how to ski one day at a time. If you want to learn how to ski, you've really got to put like three days together. Mm -hmm. And in three days, you will become a far better skier from zero absolute beginner to way freaking better than you would in 10 weekends spread out yeah. across one day at a time. It just, because what you're doing is you're realizing the mistakes that you make and what you want to do differently. And then you can immediately apply that right. to the next show because it's coming up there. It's like being on tour. Mm-hmm. We've said that about being on tour. Like you get really freaking good on tour because it's, you're like, Oh, I hate it that I did that. I want to do something different. And then you, the next day you get to apply it and try it out. And then you start to find out what works and find out what doesn't work yeah. with no lag in between for that idea to fade. Right. Yeah. It speeds up. It, it speeds up the iterations, the tri fail cycle. The, this is the number yeah. of reps you get in the number of. Yeah, it's, the reps. it's the reps. That's the way to yeah. put it. Yeah. Yeah. My, far more eloquent than my long winded. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another advantage <laughs> of not living in Nashville. Is you get a hug your mama and your daddy. If you're in your hometown. Yep. That's pretty sweet. Yep. If they don't live in Nashville, New York or LA. Hey, that ain't nothing. That is a value because, man, when I was living there, I didn't get home as much. And thankfully, they ended up moving out there. So I got to see them more. And now they live in the small town where we do. They followed us out here. So I get to see them a lot. And, dude, that's valuable. 
and the other thing and the last thing really is like, I know for myself, I'm a better husband living outside of Nashville because there have been times where, you know, there's always another opportunity. There's always something else you could do. There's all that stuff. There's always something else going on. There's like 48 hours a day of stuff going on that you could do mm -hmm. to advance your career. Somebody you could go and see somebody you could go and meet and all this stuff is like, Oh, or I could go home. And I've not always been the best husband because trying to make it happen. You know, there's a mix of desperation and, and hunger and just drive to go make this thing happen. And, Oh, I'm scared. If it stops happening, I'm going to have to go get a day job and, and all this stuff that drove me to music row, drove me to showcases and shows and all this stuff. And just, ticked my wife off and got her where she hated the business. And so I think that's one of the reasons God moved us to a small town hours away is going, okay, I'm gonna let you have this thing that you love. From my wife's perspective, it's kind of the best of both worlds where I get to do something I'm happy doing and God feeds the family doing it. So I'm a happier guy than when I'm doing a sales gig or a day job because mm -hmm. I don't hate going to work. You know, it may wear me out like, oh, man, I'm fried after today. But that's a whole different thing than and I hate looking forward to tomorrow. No, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Let's go. I'm building something here. So I'm a I'm a happier dude. I'm home a lot more because I'm you know, as a writer, I'm not on the road. And so I'm flexible. I don't have to ask off. And so I can be there to support her and the kids. So I'm much more involved. You are your own boss. <laughs> I'm being my own boss. Right. And then the other <laughs> thing is. You know, I still make trips and she supports me making trips and I, I pack it in because one, I want to honor the fact that I'm, I'm away from my family and I want to do the best I can for them and, and not just sit on my butt when I'm in Nashville and just go just have fun. It's fun, but it's work. And so I, that motivates me even more. But also the other thing is, you know, if we were living in, in Nashville, man, there, there's so many and I get frustrated because there's so many things that happen on on the daily that I don't get to participate in because I live out of town. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's guardrails. Cause now I don't have to say no to those things. Cause it's just really not on the table. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, instead of going, uh, now nah, I got family stuff. I got to be home, you know, which can either make the person feel like, Oh, well, I'm not a priority. The other person that invited you out to the thing or make you want to dump on your family. Right. It's just yeah. like, I just can't, I'm 500 miles away, but I'm coming in this week. You know, let's, but let's do something this week. And so it also helps me not resent them going, Oh, I could be out doing this thing that might advance his career, might meet this person or write this song, but no, I got to be home. Why? Because it's Taco Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It takes that off the table. Yeah, that's right. And it kind of enforces a healthier life work balance for me. I'm just basically, I'm a better husband living outside of Nashville because I'm, because it's easy to get on that slippery slope of, well, this is one time I'll go do this thing. Well, okay, I'll go do this other thing. And next thing you know, your wife's like, why aren't you home more? Oh, Sorry. And so for me, like turning off the laptop, being home, it's an act of worship. It's trusting God that he's going to make the stuff work out when I'm honoring and loving the family that he has blessed me with, with their time. And then when it's work time, I work my butt off and I work hard and I honor that, that he's blessed me with and trusting him with working everything out in between. And you know what? He has, I had some great success yeah. while I was living in Nashville and you know what? I've had more success than I would have predicted since I moved away. And I put that on God and, and I worked my butt off too, but it's like, okay, wow, that that's worked out better than I thought it would. So those are just some things I just wanted y'all to, to hang on to. I'm not telling you not to move to Nashville because if you can, I do recommend it. I would be there if God hadn't said, be over here instead, but there are some advantages, some things that you like, how do you maximize not living in Nashville? Yeah. Well, these are some ways looking at the advantages of not living there. That's going to help your mindset. That's going to help your positivity. You're going, you know, there are things I can do here that maybe wouldn't be available in if I lived in Nashville. Let's take advantage of that. And that will hopefully help you get more success in the long run. But that's what I yeah, have. I'll add, I'll add one more. I'll add one more. And I'm thinking of I'm thinking of OG climber. An awesome human, Chelsea Stalling. Yeah. Who you uh, will meet at the, if you haven't met her, if you don't know her already, you'll meet her at the the Climb Show Takeover mm -hmm. on October 23rd at Live Oak. That's right. At seven o'clock. We want you there. But, you know, she, there's a whole songwriting, like an NSAI faction or something that she created up in, mm -hmm. up in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Right. And so here she was creating a songwriting group around her and, was able to hone her skills like that and be and be at the head of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think 
she's always growing on her songwriting for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of growth that happened there because she, you know, she headed that group up. Uh, she was at least one of the most important people yeah. in that faction. And so, you know, she just created the beehive mm-hmm. for the writers to come to. Yeah. And then, and then she wrote with them, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, it's easier to do that in your small town and your region mm-hmm. than it would be to try to break into those rooms in Nashville or something. You yeah. know what I mean? So those are different things you can do too. So, yep. So we just want to encourage y'all that if you're living outside, it doesn't mean that you're disqualified. Yeah. You do have to work differently. You have to definitely be smart and work hard, which you have to, no matter where you live and you have to be patient, no matter where you live, you have to be trying to make full use of your gifts and full use of your opportunities, no matter where you live. A lot of that stuff doesn't change. You have to work on your craft. You still have to get to know people. You have to write, record, access, and pitch. That doesn't change. The way you go about it may change depending on where you are geographically, but it matters less these days than it ever has before, thankfully, because of the world we live in. So I just wanted to leave you all with that encouragement. Also, if uh, as a thank you for hanging out with us, I have a gift for you. It's called Six Simple Ways to Make Your Songs More Commercial. You can get that wherever you live. You just go to six, the number six, simpleways.songwritingpro.com. So that's six simpleways.songwritingpro.com. Uh, it's a free PDF download. You just put in your email, let me know where to send it. We send it to you. And then you can get also get a hold of some other goodies that come through that. Or you can just find me at songwritingpro.com. But that's what I got for you. There you go, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you join the Climb community, that you follow the podcast, and tell a friend about it, y'all. Some of you have been with us for years. Mm-hmm. You're getting stuff out of it. Invite people to the Climb community. Get your friends on board. If you're getting something out of it, maybe we can help them, too. And, and we, yeah. we do this because we want to help. Yeah. This podcast exists because we want you to win. That's so right. keep on <laughs> and we'll be at the top or wherever you are. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.